This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Welcome to the Warning Radio program. Today you're going to hear a message that was actually recorded May the 3rd, 2008, from a Pastor Ray Hanna, founder of President International Evangelical Ministries in Australia. He was speaking to the staff of World Ministries International and their families. Sit back and enjoy today's message. Pastor Hanna and I come from the same background, the Assemblies of God. We were talking this morning at breakfast. I made him waffles. Um, you know, his family goes clear back to the beginning of the Assemblies of God in New Zealand. Mine goes to clear back to the beginning of the Assemblies of God in America. And we both can testify in both nations that the Assemblies of God is totally different than what it started off to be. There are remnants, churches still, and pastors that are still moving with the Spirit of God, with Pentecost, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But many, many of them have watered it down to a socialistic gospel. They don't ever see miracles. There's hardly no altar call. Intercession like this, they don't even know how to conduct. Demons they can't recognize, neither do they have the power to cast them out. This is Assembly of God churches across America. Mm. Assembly of God churches across New Zealand. Australia. Sadly, I believe we are not going to see the Assemblies of God or any other Pentecostal denomination that has strayed from its roots until this nation is facing what Kenya did. Thousands and millions of people dead. And it's coming. We're facing an economic collapse and a nuclear attack. And I can promise you millions will die. And I believe when we are in that type of despair, many churches will get back to its roots. But until then... They're more interested to end their service on time and get to their ball game or something else than they are to a real move of Jesus Christ. And I know in this room I'm speaking to the choir. <laughs> so anyway, Pastor Hannah is the founder and president of International Evangelical Ministries. International Evangelical Ministries out of Australia, and I'm glad that the Holy Spirit connected us in the United Arab Emirates in Abu Dhabi, yeah. and uh, I believe it's the beginning of a good long relationship, right, Maria? Yeah. <laughs> Maria, a beautiful wife. Yeah. I think so. 
You think? <laughs> That's a good You better be your wife says that. <laughs> your wife. <laughs> yeah, she gave me a word yesterday. Said God is very, very happy with what you're doing. And it's going to pour out His blessings. Amen. I've enjoyed having them last night for dinner and this morning for breakfast. As it's like I was telling my mother. See, when you left, I made her a waffle. <laughs> I said, it's like having family in the house because we have the same heritage. That they're old-time Pentecostals. And again, the Assemblies of God is... Why are we seeing so many other Pentecostal churches, independents, rising up? Because the Assemblies of God are dying. God doesn't wait for any movement or for any person. You move with God or He leaves you behind. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I remember I made a comment this morning at the breakfast table too that many people, we just were talking the things of God and, and thoroughly enjoying it. But you can't talk the things of God with many people because they're not interested. They think you're fanatical. They want to move on. and They're just not interested in the things of God. Yeah, so true. Because years ago they were spirit-filled. Amen. But unless you're spirit-filled daily, you dry up like a swamp and you're a dead sewer and you stink with stench. What you received 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago once is not enough. Either you move with the whirlwind, you continue to move with the Spirit of God like a beautiful river that brings life or you're nothing but a swamp and you're dead inside of you and you corrupt people around you. That's right. You got a lot of Pentecostals and Pentecostal churches that have stench to them of hypocrisy. They're so dead with their arrogance, self righteousness, and the love of this world. And you try to talk to them of the things of God, and they're not interested. And the Holy Spirit is going to allow the judgments of God to blow a hole in their dam and let the water flow again. Praise God. That's the only thing that's going to bring revival to America. Amen? Amen. 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 Now, I wish you could have been on those three interviews on the television. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. that, 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 we could have just prayed for people Church right there. Right there. Amen. Could have had revival. Those, those interviews were really, right. really good. Really good. So uh, he can do what he wants. He can share testimonies. He can go over, share things of the interviews. He can preach. I don't care. <laughs> so uh, uh, we'll just let Pastor Hannah uh, share whatever the Holy Spirit is um, speaking to his heart right now. Amen? Amen. 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 Pastor Hannah. Thank you, my brother, so much. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. It's good to have a brother like you. <laughs> Our senior pastor asked me to give greetings to the churches over here. Our church in Australia is moving under a mighty move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. Our senior pastor was from a, a registered denomination now, but God has just moved away and we are moving on. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. And uh, we're excited to be here. My first time to the States. I'm lovely to have my dear wife with me. My dear wife of 43 years, and uh, God's called me into overseas ministry. Mary has become a real stalwart in prayer. I know that she is there and praying 
And that's a good comfort, and it's a strength. I didn't really know what to expect here, but I knew it was going to be good, and I want you to know it, it is good. I've had waffles for breakfast. <laughs> we never eat those things for breakfast. <laughs> so please forgive me if I waffle on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My father was a Pentecostal pastor long before Assembly of God ever got to Australia. And uh, he grew up in the, as an Anglican, really, back in Australia. He could not stand it, it was so dead. When he went to the First World War, uh, he was in France fighting there. And uh, he was the gun commander the horse had dragged the gun into position and he's the one that gave the command to fire. And somehow or other the shell inside that exploded inside the gun. All his mates was killed except him. Before he left Australia his mother gave him a little New Testament and she put it inside a metal cigarette box and uh, he put that in his top pocket and he always kept it there he was very religious and uh, when all his mates were killed when that gun exploded a piece of shrapnel landed in that new testament wow. and it didn't touch him Hallelujah. and he fell on his knees and he said god if you get me out of this hell hole i'll serve you the rest of my days that's exactly what has happened. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, I think God had his hand in that. And uh, so he was a pastor. I'm a pastor. Our son is a pastor. Praise God. We've got uh, three little grandsons. The oldest is six, and they just love Jesus so much. It's just wonderful to see. In my life, God has been doing something wonderful every seven years. At the age seven I got saved. Age 14 I preached my first sermon, baptized in the Holy Ghost and received a call to the mission field. At 21 I was out assistant pastor in my first church. 28 <laughs> Never forget that. <laughs> uh, it rained and rained, but we got married still. <laughs> but all through every seven years, something spectacular has happened. And now I've come into my 70th year, and it was prophesied that. This will be my greatest year. And I'm, I'm saying, God, slow down a little bit. <laughs> I'm getting older. But more doors are opening up and I just see the world. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. My wife doesn't always say amen to that. Because <laughs> I'm leading up to the, the biggest mission program that God has ever led me into and I can't see any way out of it not that I want to but uh, you, you always be careful you know 
make sure that's the right door. And uh, I'll be away for home, from home for five months, going back to the Emirates, South Africa, guest speaker, a big missions convention there, about 600 people, then up into Kenya, we've just seen a little bit of it, and into Uganda, into Ethiopia, and then into Assam, that is in India, where the Anglican or Church of Northeast India, bishop for the whole of Northeast, eight states he covers over there. I met him about four years ago and he said, I want you to come. In fact, we sat down for about three hours and he cried on my shoulder. I can still feel him. He said, sir, we have to have change in our church. But I don't know how to do it. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. If I get the priests together, can you come? I said, yes. And I thought, why did I say yes? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't talked with Mary, but I just felt in God that was it. And then we were arranging this, and he phoned and he said, or sent an email. He said, I feel not to bring in the priests because they have a favourite verse, as it was in the beginning, so shall it ever be. <laughs> he said, I must bring in the youth leaders. They are going to change the church in northeast India. We went there. It started on a Thursday night. Oh, let me tell you, before that, we were still back in our church in Australia. And we had a guest speaker from America. I think you've heard of that place. <laughs> and uh, where we were going to have this youth leadership training seminars, they had the most rain for 40 years. Bridges were washed away. A lot of damage had come in that place and it was still raining. And this guest speaker was preaching and the Spirit of God came on me. And I stood up and I said, we have to pray right now that that rain will stop and the floodwaters will go down. After I obeyed the Spirit of God, I felt peace in my heart. It was only three days later that we arrived in that convention area. I said, when did these rains stop? When did these floods go down? And they said, that immediate time the same time that I spoke in Australia, God answered over there. Yes. Yes. It's, you know, this is God. Yes. The bishop said, I won't be there until the weekend. We were to start on Thursday night. He said, I won't be there until Sunday. I said, that's okay. But when we arrived on Thursday, he was there. I said, <laughs> sir, why are you here? You said you will not be here until Sunday. He said, God told me that something's going to happen and I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> but on the Saturday afternoon, 200 youth leaders, 50 priests came along because they were interested. And the bishop had their hands raised, singing, all to Jesus, I surrender. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I can still see them there. Yeah. Tears rolling down their cheeks. The bishop fell on his knees. He said, Sir, please pray for me. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. I presented him to all those young people. I said, 
God has His hand upon this man. Unite together and see the churches in Northeast India changed by the power of God. We had dinner with him and he said, Sir, I want you to become my spiritual advisor. And now we're going back again. This time instead of 200, he's inviting 400 youth leaders to come in. Amen. That is uh, October 7, 8, 9. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that already. This is God. This is God. And now I'm here. Let's become spiritual and have a look at the Word for a moment. I'm going to take you to the beginning of the Bible and to the middle and then to the end. I think that might cover the whole lot. (laughs) What we need to do is to know the heart of God. And not just to know the heart of God, but to feel. I'm glad that God has given us emotions and He's given us feelings. He's given us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And God speaks to us through His Word. And I go right back to the days of the building of the tabernacle in Exodus 25. And verse 8. And here I hear the heart of God that has been right from the beginning. Adam and Eve. God came down to talk with them. Because he didn't want to feel lonely. He wanted fellowship. And here now God says to Moses, Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst them. And to dwell amongst them is not just paying them a visit. We have come into into this home and thank you so much. This is so sweet in your home. It is beautiful. We've brought our suitcase with us, or port, I don't know what you call it over here. A thing that we put our clothes in. But we're going again. We're only visiting. God didn't say, build me a sanctuary that I might visit you. He said, build me a sanctuary that I might dwell. Move in with everything that I've got. Hallelujah. And I want us to realize today that God still wants to dwell amongst us, not just visit us. We often pray, and I'm guilty myself, God, come and visit us. No, I've had a different thinking on that. God, dwell amongst us. And make this place your home. God, do what you want to do in this. I'm starting to get excited. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) I sense God here. Say, God, do what you want to do. Take your shoes off. Sit with us. Touch us. Release your anointing. Release your power. Hallelujah. And I tell you, when God is in the house, when God is in the place, it's over to Him. It's over to Him. They built this place. And they sanctified it. They set it aside for the Lord. So that He, in His beauty, and in His holiness, 
Hello, did you hear me? How can God dwell in unholy vessels? So many pastors and preachers around the world today want God to come and do things. They snap their fingers and God doesn't come. That's right. Because the house is not clean. Yes, that's right. How can you bring a holy of holies God into a tabernacle, into any place? That is not clean. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I want to walk in the holiness of God. God, come and fill this temple. It's open to you. And this is the heart of God. Build me a tabernacle that I might dwell amongst them. And when God is here, we sit down and say, God, just show me. Just tell me, God, you just speak the word. I'm ready to obey. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's turn into the middle of our Bible. To Isaiah 55. Verse 8 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways not your ways. God, I'm sick and tired of my thinking. God, I'm sick and tired of going my own way. Amen. I want your thoughts. I want your ways. And I gladly make them mine. That is verse 8. Verse 10, as the rain comes down, the snow from heaven. We all understand that. End of verse 10. That it might bud, give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. That is so wonderful. This is the Word of God. The Word of God. Let me emphasize the Word. Give seed to the sower. You think about that. I believe God has called me to sow the seed. We take His Word as the seed and we sow it wherever we go. That was a wonderful testimony about your dad, wasn't it? Grandmother. Or your grandmother that God gave her that seed. Isn't that just amazing? I don't know if you've heard it. You must listen to it one day. And bread to the eater. People will never get to eat bread unless someone beforehand plants the seed. That's right. And there are millions who are starving in this world today. Give me bread. And I believe that there are lots of people who are sitting in padded chairs today. Sorry. (laughs) 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 Who should be out planting the seed. But they're sitting down with their feet up in their comfortable little offices, wherever it might be. How can the millions in the world eat bread if we don't go and plant the seed? When God told me to go, I had no option. I had no excuse. Not even a reason. When He says go, there's nothing else. Just pack up your bag and go and take your little bag of seed. So that millions can be fed the bread of life. 
my thoughts are not your thoughts. I, I think of the, the, the example of Jesus with the disciples when he was feeding the 5,000. They had been with him all day to listen to the word. And it was getting late in the evening. Jesus said, or the disciples said, it's getting late, they should go home. Jesus said, feed them. Now, notice this. When Jesus said, feed them, he knew it was possible for every one of them to be fed. Yes. That was God's thinking. They can be fed, so feed them. The disciples said, it's late, the shop is shut. Man's thinking. You got the picture? Jesus said, feed them. Man's thinking, we've got no money. Jesus said, feed them. What do we have? Nothing but a little boy's lunch. What is this amongst so many? There is our thinking. Jesus said, feed them. How can you divide five little buns and two fishes among so many? They wouldn't even get a crumb each. Jesus said, feed them. And I believe that when Jesus said, feed them, he knew that everyone could be satisfied. Amen. Bring it to me. Mm-hmm. Again, Jesus thinking. The disciple says, oh, I don't know what you're going to do. Now, now, hadn't the disciples already seen miracles spoken by the word? Get it? Spoken by the word that came out of his mouth. And then, because you know the story. But I want to bring to you, you know, his thoughts are so different than ours. Let's put aside our natural thinking because we are moving in the supernatural by the Spirit of God. And today we can know the mind of God. We can know the the Word of God that is effective. They fed them. But notice what Jesus did. He broke the bread and again he said, feed them. Hey, I've got enough for this bunch and you've got enough for that bunch and you've got enough for that bunch. And they fed every one of them and then they took up 12 baskets full. Why not 13? Because Jesus was there. Jesus did not need to eat from the miracles because he himself is the miracle worker. Now the disciples had 12 baskets of miracles. What are we going to do with this? But notice Jesus didn't need one. He spoke the word. He is the miracle worker. Hallelujah. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Then here it goes down, verse 11. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing which I... Oh, I wish I'd had another hour to talk with you about this. I just love it. You didn't tell me what time I'm to finish today. 
I did that purposely. You told me when we're going to start. I did that purposely. By the end of the day, we might have five loaves and two fishes. <laughs> Look at this verse 11, Isaiah 55. I like the positiveness of the Word of God. So shall my Word be. Notice that goes out of my mouth. Then he says, it will not return to me void. Now let me ask you, how does the word of God return to him? It says here, it will not return to me void, which means it's going to accomplish what I've planned and purposed it to do. Now how does the word get back to God? Come on, let's have a little bit of conversation here. Praise. Thanksgiving. No. Come on, someone else try Perhaps in that, I'll say a little yes. Uh -huh. Right, let me ask you, how did the word come to us? It was spoken. How does the word get back to God? Who's going to speak? Yeah. Exactly. I say, church... Take the word that God has spoken to you and speak it back again. God, you said in your word, I am the Lord that heals you. God, you said, you're the Lord that heals. You know what God says? Hey, somebody's grabbed hold of my word and he's given it back to me. I must honor my word. Can you follow me? Amen. Yeah. That's good. Hey, God said, hey, somebody's heard my word. I'm excited about that. They've given it to me. So my word that I receive now, God is saying, I am is in that. I am is behind it. I am that word. Here, I give it back to you. And there's your healing. There's your deliverance. There's your victory. There's your salvation. There is everything you need because I give you back my word that you have received. And it accomplishes those things that God has planned and purposed it to do. Hallelujah! Oh, glory! I'll jump over this table in a minute. <laughs> yeah, are you with me? Isn't that good? It's not just that it's good preaching. That's God's word. I believe that. Madeline. And he's quickened this to me. And I go, as Dr. Hansen said, I've seen a lady raised from the dead. That's the word I use. God, you said. <laughs> God, you said. That went back to him. And accomplished those things. And that lady just got up off that that old bag they carried her in. She sat up. Then she stood up. And then she walked. Do you know that three and a half years later, every morning she still walks through that village and that village clapped and give thanks to God when she walks through the village every morning, three and a half years later on. Hallelujah. Amen. The word of God is effective and it doesn't go down at sunset. 
every day a new day in the promises and the word of God hallelujah God he's your word he's your word here is your word speak it Amen. give his word back to him it's effective the word of God works hallelujah I was in another service in South India outside of Hyderabad I don't know I don't know Dr. Hanson if you ever found it that while you're preaching God comes and interrupts your preaching Yes. He often seems to do that. <laughs> and we were up on a on a mound on on a hill. And there's a couple of hundred people there, way out in a village area. And I was preaching and God said to me, because I had to walk up about two hundred steps up to where the church was. And God said, There's a miracle coming up the steps and I looked and was nothing. God said there's a miracle coming up the steps and next time I looked there was four men carrying a lady on a, on a bed. I just went on preaching they put her down. God said there's your miracle. Yeah, thank you Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go and investigate and they said this woman is dying. And they pulled back her sari and showed me the stomach about this big. This horrible looking cancer had broken right through the whole of her flesh. Mm. What do you do? Oh, yuck. <laughs> no. I'm ministering the word of God. And God is still on the scene. Amen. He said, a miracle is coming up the steps and now it's laying in front of you. I said, God, you just said you're going to heal. Do it right now in your name. I went back and kept on preaching. I heard a noise. I looked over this lady sitting up. I kept on preaching and keeping an eye on this lady. <laughs> I'm excited about preaching the word. I'm excited about what's happening over here. She had not sat up for months. She had just been so sick. The, everything that she ate would just, just come out of the front of her stomach. She was a terrible mess. Absolutely. And now, ladies are gathered around and they're all looking and they're starting to shout and to jump and say hallelujah a thousand times. I thought, what is going on? I went over. And again, they opened up her sari. And her stomach, the skin, was absolutely perfect. Praise Amen. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was no sign of any cancer, not, not even a scar of any description. She was healed. Praise the Lord. By the word. That's right. We could only know and experience the power of the Word. How did this, this beautiful world and these mountains come into place? Did, did God get a little tiny piece of mud and say, Hey, uh, hey that looks, I, I'll make it bigger. I, I'll make it bigger. I'll make it bigger. Is that what God did? No. no. He spoke the Word. Look at the power of the word. That's right. So many times we doubt and we wonder, 
have you seen all those beautiful stars in the sky? I don't know. You have to have a clear night. <laughs> but you can get in outback Australia where there's no other street lights or anything and there are millions of them up there. What did God do? Did he get a little tiny sparkle and throw it up and say, hey, that looks good. <laughs> but it looks a little bit lonely. I'll get a handful and throw them up. No. By the word. God put the stars in place. By his word, he keeps them in place. By his word, he's named every one of them. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My word. Jesus said, I give it to you. And we underestimate the value of what God has given to us. Hallelujah. You know, we are special. Not because you fellas speak a funny language over here. <laughs> I, must, I must tell you this. I was in South India the first time I was there. There was a couple of thousand people out there. My interpreter was sitting beside me and I was waiting and waiting. I was so anxious to get up and start to preach. And I heard Australia. I thought, am I going to speak soon? He said, yeah, yeah, this is your turn. I'm, I'm ready, I've got my Bible open. And then he starts to speak about United States of America. What is he saying now about America? Oh, he's just telling them what a wonderful man you are. You had to go from Australia, go to America to learn the English language so that you can come over here and speak to us. <laughs> and he said, what language do you speak in Australia? <laughs> I said, God forgive me. I said, English who do you think taught the Americans? <laughs> Please forgive me. <laughs> but I enjoy that. <laughs> Have a look, Psalm 89.34. Psalm 89. 89. Yeah. 89. Verse 34. Psalm 89, 34. I want you really to take note of this. My covenant will I not break. Now that's a sermon on itself. And the second part says, Nor will I alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. The word that has come out of the lips of God. No situation, no circumstance, no government, no council, no nation will ever make God alter the word that has already come out of his lips. He will never change his mind. Oops, I shouldn't have said that. Let me change it. No. God is not like that. Haven't sometimes we been sorry for, for what we've said? And wish I'd never said that. God doesn't have that problem. 
That's right. He does not change his mind because of the situation or the problem that you've got. I'll, I'll look. I'll make it a little easier because of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, God's word, God's counsel that has come out of His lips. God will never change it. The word, you've got it, the word of the Lord abides forever. It remains the same unchanging word of an unchanging God. But yet His word changes things, situations. His word changes nations. Oh, let's get back to the Word. Mm. Let's get back to the Word. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise the Lord. I told you we're going to take you over into the New Testament as well. I better do that. I want to take you to Matthew 27. Matthew chapter 27 and verse 50. This is the scene of Jesus on the cross. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. Let me just drop a little thought in here. I've heard so many people say they crucified Jesus, they killed him. I don't agree. Nobody killed my Jesus. They caused him a lot of pain, a lot of suffering. But he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. He laid down his life. No wicked, sinful man could kill my Jesus. Are you with me, Hello. Mm -hmm. Yes. They crucified him here. They hung him on a cross. But he yielded his life back to the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can never say that those wicked Roman soldiers killed the Son of God. No, they caused him pain and suffering and agony and shame. But he laid down his life. He was still in control. Yes. Hallelujah. That's right. And verse 51, And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And listen to this, The earth did quake and the rocks rent and the graves were opened. Ooh. That's scary, isn't it? <laughs> and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Oh. <laughs> hey, now kind of make you knock at the knees a little, wouldn't it? Make, you, <laughs> make your legs shake. And the first 53, they came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. What do you think is so exciting and interesting in that scripture I've just read? <laughs> Life coming back? What else? Even like my dad walking in this room. He's been gone for 40 years. Uh-huh. You think all that is exciting? Mm-hmm. And the earthquake? No, that is nothing. You've missed the point, every one of you. <laughs> The veil of the temple oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> was rent from the top to the bottom. That's more exciting than the earthquakes. Yeah. 
that is more exciting than, than seeing those Old Testament saints see their bodies come out of the grave. The veil being rent from the top to the bottom. That is the exciting thing. Do you know what happens then? If you've got... Yeah, man. You've got the the scene of the temple and I'd love to have time to, to share that with you. I wanted something fresh one year to go over over to India. And God said, get out your paper and pencil. And began to give me some magnificent scenes of the of the tabernacle in the wilderness. And I wrote thirty-two pages. My hand got so tired and God said, All right, just have a break. And come back and wrote some more. The most amazing things that I've never read in a book or seen it anywhere. I'd love to have time to share it with you. <laughs> if you've got the scene of the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies, right, we who are cleansed by the blood, washed at the labor, come into the holy place. There, the Holy Spirit of God and Jesus is in there. There's no place for the flesh. It's the priests who go in there. The priests who are responsible for keeping the oil in the lamp so that it never goes out. You and I are the priests of God. But they could never go into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest who we know is Jesus Christ. In the holy place, right, come with me. That's you and me. We are in there. We are the anointed priests of God. You with me? Yes. Oh, but I want to go into the holy of holies. I'm afraid. I'm fearful. I am not the high priest. But I want to go in. But I can't. Remember who you are? Oh, beloved, you are the anointed priests of God. And then that veil just opened up. So that the anointed priests of God can go into His presence. And not only that, the glory of God can come out unto the anointed priests of God. Hallelujah. Church, this is where we are today. That's right. This is where you are. Anointed priests of God with the glory of God coming upon us. Praise the Lord. We speak a lot about the anointing. But I believe we've got to take another step of faith. The anointing was was out there where the oil was in the holy place, but there is a holy of holies. And I believe God is taking the church in these end times from the anointing into His glory. Did you hear it? That's right. What can abide in the glory of God? Only the blood washed Walking in holiness. Walking in His righteousness. Mm. Hallelujah. I was in Uganda. I was preaching one evening. A 
about 600 people with us, just a brand new area. We had never, we'd put a pastor in there to let the people know I was coming in a brand new area. Just opened up my Bible to begin to preach. And all the power went off. And those people are not just brown, they are black. <laughs> I could not even see my Bible in front of me and that was the only night that I did not take my torch. <laughs> it was black. We had seen miracles, marvellous miracles and hundreds turning their life through Jesus Christ. And I stood there thinking, God, what are we going to do? I opened my eyes, and that whole place was just filled with a magnificent light. It was kind of blue in colour, but yet it was transparent. I could see through. The whole place was filled with this. One of the senior bishops or pastors had come out from Kampala. He had heard what was happening. He wanted to see, and he came and stood beside me. He said, what is this? He said, it's just the glory of God's presence has come down amongst us. He just fell on his face before God. He was there for two hours. A young preacher passed my interpreter he was hanging onto the under the pulpit. He said, I don't think I can stand anymore. I said, You hang on there because we've got to tell the people what is happening. And I started to explain the glory of the presence of God is filled this place. And you know what it's like at your No, football, what do you call it over here? Mm -hmm. Where the crowds of people, where somebody's running with a piece yeah. of leather and they all get Football. excited. Football, they shout and holler and carry on. Well, you should have heard these people. <laughs> Nothing compared to, to what you would have had. I was on the platform. The presence of God, the glory of God, I believe, had come down. And I saw one lady's arm was all twisted. She just lifted her hands and <laughs> praised God. Nobody to touch her. The presence of God. People were filled with the Holy Spirit. Nobody counselling them. Nobody laying hands on them to receive. I believe God is bringing His end time church to the place where the anointed priests of God are going to be brought into His glory. And things are just going to happen. Hallelujah. Oh God. Praise the Lord. Oh God. Let me stand in front of that open veil. God, let your glory fill this place. Thank you, Jesus. Let your glory. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, Jesus. Let's just talk to him right now. I want you right now to take that step of faith. Yes, Jesus. Come on, step in. Step into the presence of God. 
Step into the presence of God. He God is in this place. He must Oh God, oh God. Oh, we just bow before you. Mighty, holy, holy, holy. Holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord. Holy If God by His Holy Spirit just puts His finger on anything in your life, just turn it over to Him right now. That you might be that holy, anointed vessel of God stepping into His glory where He just reveals Himself in mighty, awesome power. If you've got a need right now, just reach out and touch Him. Say, God, I speak Your Word right now over that news. Father God, in Jesus' name, Oh God, oh God, I will make a way for you, says the Lord, where there is no way. Even rocks shall break before you. As you've walked with me in the past, even greater shall be the path of the future. Those things that you have been amazed with, and the opportunities and the open doors is nothing because the whole nations shall open before you. Not just leaders, but nations, 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 nations. I just want to cry holy. Holy. Yes, Lord. Holy. Yes, Jesus. Holy is the Lord. Holy. Just 
Come on, in the spirit, in the spirit, come on. Let's worship him now. Let's love him. Let's pour out our love upon him. Oh, la yashanda, la bhuriya, la shanda. Holy, holy, holy. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. We worship you, Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, we love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just want you to bask in the presence of God. Just bask in the glory of God. So let's not be in a hurry. Let's just bask in Him for a few more minutes and just let Him flow over you. Just continue to speak the inspired word of God yourself and be set free, be healed, be cleansed, be renewed. Let restoration come to your entire being and soul. Be purified, be delivered. Be sanctified, be sanctified. 
We're not hearing from God. We're not allowing the rivers of healing to flow over us. Healing. Healing. The bomb of Gilead. 
swab, the oil, the flow through you. Heal your past. Heal your present. Move into a future. Yes, amen. No more excuses for the past. Move on to victory. Live in the future. Enjoy every day. Happiness and joy. Healing victory. Move into the victory that Jesus has for you. Move into the victory that Jesus has for you. There's nothing more important right now in the day than just to bask a little bit longer in the presence of God. There is nothing more important. Nothing on television, nothing anywhere. Just bask in the presence of God and move into your freedom. Let the Word of God speak to you. Speak the Word of God back to God. Cherish, cherish the word of God. Cherish the word of God. Cherish the spoken word of God. Pastor Ray, Hannah, and Maria, his wife, both spoke the word of God over me, both prophesied. See, I cherished the word of God. I got up and wrote down as much as I could remember of it. Because as I keep reading the rhema from God, that will help me walk into my destiny. You need to cherish the word of God, that which was spoken today, and walk into your freedom. Walk into your deliverance. Walk into your salvation. Walk into your freedom. Have a new future. A new future. Each one of us can walk into a better future as we continue to receive the rhema the inspiration of the Word of God, whether it's in documented form or spoken form. It was spoken today, it was prophesied today, it was read today. My my ears were open. Praise God. Very clearly. Very astutely. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, God. Amen. Amen. Oh, 
Oh God. Praise you, Jesus. Wonderful Oh God. Oh sweet presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh Jesus. Hallelujah. Anything further, Maria, before I move on? Do you want to say anything? Yes, um it's about Kenya. I wasn't even thinking of Kenya when this like a vision, it was like a very thick dark cloud over Kenya. But in the horizon, there was this sliver of very bright golden colour. And the, I didn't see it getting any bigger, but in my spirit, that was, I felt it was to grow and grow. Mm -hmm. And that Kenya will become covered with a golden light. God. But the, the moment that I saw was these thick, dark, heavy clouds mm -hmm. over it, and then this in the horizon. It was a beautiful colour, golden colour, bright. Thank you, Lord. And I uh, just thought I'd pass that on because you are going to Kenya Amen. again. And, uh, yeah. As the spoken word is constantly given and received, and that golden light gets brighter and brighter. Yes. Amen. 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 That's what's going to happen in Kenya. Amen. Yeah. That's what's oh, happening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is what's happening in every one of our lives as we receive the Word of God. Receive it. Keep receiving it. Yes. Yes, amen. Thank you, Lord. The glory of God, the presence of God, the basking in God. I, need, I think every one of us need to do much more of that privately. Amen? Amen. 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 Much more of it. Yes. Be free from nagging doubts and fears and frustrations and bitterness and everything else. Let, a, let that beautiful river flow through you. Clear water, not a swamp. Mm -hmm. <laughs>Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Five two four eight. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. 
There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.